Appreciate your prayers this afternoon. I want to look at that somebody that we sung about a while ago and look at what He does for us on a daily basis. Look at the love that He, he gave for us. We talked about this morning. But look at His ability to keep us. His ability to, to, to hold on to us and protect us regardless of what comes our way. Whenever I begin to kind of think about this topic just a little bit, I couldn't help but think about where do we keep our, our valuables, our possessions. Uh, I have a, a safe at the house that, that most people probably have, and we keep valuables and possessions in it. And then if you, if you have money in a bank, you keep it there because supposedly it's safer there than it is uh, stuck in the, under your mattress. And then a lot of times, uh, people even with, with valuables they're going to store for long term, they put in a safe deposit box that takes uh, identification and then multiple forms of uh, the multiple keys to open it. And we consider that stuff very safe, but, but the reality of it is safes are crackable. Uh, safety deposit boxes have been broken into. And, and we understand that the banking industry is, is just that. It's an industry. It's a business. Something that can potentially collapse, money that can potentially uh, be stolen. And so whenever it comes to keeping things in this world, I really hadn't found a perfect answer. I really hadn't found any way that we can keep anything of value in this world. And the reality of it is is, is that we actually can't. Whenever we leave this earth and... and I try not to reference country songs, but the George Strait song said he'd never seen a hearse with a luggage rack. We can't take anything with us. They don't have trailer hitches and, and, and cargo compartments on coffins. Whenever we die and leave this earth, what we have here stays here. What we laid up for in, in, in eternity is kept by God. And that nobody can break in and steal. Uh, nothing can corrupt it. They can't rust. It's, it's took care of. God is the keeper. On this earth, it's, it's extremely difficult to keep things and, and to hang on to things. And tonight, I want to talk about God being our keeper and what He keeps for us and the hope that we have Him in Him as our keeper. Psalm chapter 121, we're going to begin in verse 1. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us with the health and strength. Be safe here again this afternoon, God. Thank you for the wonderful day that you've blessed us with. All the blessings of life you've given us, God. I pray that you'd help us, God, as we look into your word, that we could open our hearts, that we would be willing, and God, that we could submit ourselves, our will, unto you. God, help us so we could greater appreciate you as our keeper. God, that we could understand that our hope in you is solid, that the treasures that we lay up in heaven through works on this earth, God, are kept forever. And God, help us so we can see the importance of relying on you in our everyday life and our dependence upon you in a greater way. God, most of all, if we be a lost one this afternoon among us, I pray that this could be the hour that they could turn from their sins and accept Christ as their Savior from what be everlasting too late. Be with all those I do to pray for. Forgive us of our sins. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to end up reading the whole chapter. But right from the beginning, we understand that that the psalmist here is saying that we can't, well, the old saying is we're not worth knocking in the head. Well, we can't really do anything in and of ourselves. 
We think we may be strong because we work out, but the reality of it is if God didn't allow us to pick up those weights, we couldn't do it. We think we may be able to get around because we run and jog and bicycle and whatnot, but the reality of it is if God didn't, if God didn't want us to do that, we wouldn't be able to. If he didn't allow us the strength to do that, we wouldn't be able to. The reality of it is that, that without him, we can do nothing. Without him keeping us, without him protecting us, without him allowing us to be about our daily lives, we couldn't draw our next breath under our own power. Verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. God's ability to keep is never ending. Because as we see in verse 2, He is all-powerful. There's not another person alive that has ever lived that can say they created heaven or earth. We created solar systems when I was in school. And it, it, in Bible school, we often took and drew on balloons. And, and it was kind of a symbol that God has the whole world in His hands. The same way we have the balloons in our hands, God has the world in His hands. But we didn't really create nothing. We, it was a balloon. It was figurative. But God holds the world in His hands that way. God is almighty and all-powerful. And whenever God says something, if you read back through the Old Testament, the miracles that He performed through His people were astounding. I think back and then the first thing that comes to mind is, is when He drowned the Egyptians. They got up to the Red Sea, the Israelites did, and that Red Sea parted. That Red Sea stopped and it said that, that they walked across on dry ground. People have tried to explain this and like, well, there was a, a log jam up front and there, there really wasn't that much water to begin with. Yeah, but it was dry ground. Well, somebody slowed it down. Well, well uh, the, the wind maybe blew it, but, but it was dry ground. Whenever God goes to perform a miracle in our life, he, he don't leave any area for scrutiny. He does it to the fullest. He didn't allow them to get their feet muddy walking across. He took care of them further than he had to. He kept them further, better than he had to. God's ability to keep us does not stop whenever we walk out of his house. God's ability to take care of us does not stop whenever the, the United States government says that we have a pandemic on our hands. God's ability to take care of us does not stop because it's election time. It does not slow down because things get difficult in our life. God's ability to keep us is forever, and it is all-powerful. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. People have tried for all down through time to understand what's going on on this earth. I took biology classes in college. I didn't pay as much attention as I should have, but it's complicated. And anybody here that understands a little bit about the healthcare industry can tell you that, that, that the human body is complex. I did take agriculture. I understand the, the plants and animals a little better than I understand people. Animal behavior is complex. Animal anatomy is complex. The, the, the sun rises and the sunsets are complex. If man would have made it, it would have fell apart by now. Everything that we have today is, is made in China, and the coronavirus is the, the only thing that's ever been made in China that lasted. <laughs> Things that man made don't last. 
I was talking about this morning, the, the door was sagging a little bit, and even though it, the, the door on the right really hadn't been used all that much, it still it wore out. Things that man make don't last. Things that we create, things that we think, things that are so up to date right now, this is the latest and the greatest. And then two months later, a new phone comes out that is triple what this one is. I bought a computer my freshman year of college. By my junior year, I could no longer use it. It was that outdated. It would not function with the programs we were trying to run. Things that man make are, are not infinite. They're not going to last forever. God's word does. God's promises does. God's abilities do. Let's read verse 3. It says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. You ever thought about how helpless we are whenever we sleep? During a full moon, I don't sleep quite as much as I usually do. And, and I, I'm kind of a light sleeper. And we have these two little mutts outside that bark their head off whenever a shadow or a leaf blows across the yard. And during the night, they, they wake me up pretty easy. And, uh, and I'm kind of a light sleeper during a full moon. But it still ain't much for something to happen to me in my sleep. Even whenever we are a light sleeper, even whenever something is, is going on, whenever we sleep, we are, are, are unconscious, essentially. We, we don't know what's going on. Something could happen, and, and when I was a kid, and still, whenever I take a pretty good nap, you, you could drive a freight train through the room, and I'm not going to hear it. Uh, Emily has screamed and yelled at me, and I don't hear it. But if, if, if I get touched, just, just touched, I wake up. Whenever we sleep, we're helpless. We can't do anything for anybody. We can't do anything for ourselves. But we're kept by someone who does not sleep. Amen. At no point in time in his existence has God been helpless. Has God been unable to take care of us? Has God been unable to see to our needs? Let's look at verse 3 again. I like picking out words because I do believe that the, the language was arranged in the Bible exactly the way that God wanted it. Even through translation, I do believe that, that the words are put exactly where God wanted them to in exactly the right order. Verse 3 says He will. Verse 3 says He will. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Not He maybe. He might not. It says He will. That word will don't leave any room for, for wiggling on God's part. God's not going to get out of it. He's not going to try to squirm. There's no loophole here. There's no way that we can misinterpret this. The Bible says that He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He will take care of us regardless. And then there's a colon after that. There's an explanation to follow. It says, because he that keepeth thee will, there it is again, not slumber. Not only do we have an all-powerful God taking care of us, taking care of our, our soul, our eternal home, taking care of our treasures that we're laying up in heaven through our works on this earth. Not only is he all-powerful and all-knowing, but he is ever awake and alert. Do we find ourselves daydreaming sometimes? My kids at school do it all the time. They look at you and 
blank look. And you're sitting there waving at them and nothing's happening. The term goes, the lights are on, but nobody's home. We have those moments. No doubt everybody in here has done it once or twice during chemistry or algebra. God don't have moments when he's not alert. The Bible says in Job that, that the devil came to give an account before God from going to and fro in the earth. The devil has to wander back and forth. He can't be everywhere at one time. My God can. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And he is everywhere. He can be with me and you at the same time. Whether you're in Washington Parish, whether you're in Louisiana, whether you strike out to Tennessee, or whether you're on the other side of the world, God can be with us at the same time. The word that we often use to describe him is omnipotent. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God. And he is. And so if I'm going to trust my future, if I'm going to trust my life, if I'm going to trust my eternity with something, with somebody, with an institution, I would much rather trust it with God than I would anything man has thought up than I would with the most honest person on the planet. Next thing I want to look at through the remainder of this chapter is the manner of which God keeps us. The manner of which God keeps us. Verse 4 says, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand from oppression, from trouble, from sorrow. Verse 6, the sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. God will take care of us right now, especially in July and August in Louisiana. We hunt a shade tree. I found myself accidentally trying to park beneath this, this water rope over here. Not a whole lot of shade going on. But like I told Brother Royce coming in you got to get what you can. I was in the shade for like three and a half, four minutes, but maybe it did the car some good. We hunt for a shade tree to get out of the heat, to get a little bit of relief. God says that he will be our shade all the time. God said that he will take care of us. He is a shade upon our right hand. The sun shall not smite thee. The things of this world that will look to burn, they will look to put us down. You ever spend all day out in the heat and you get that sunburn and it just makes you feel bad the next day? It just, makes me, it just makes me feel terrible. I got them all the time playing baseball and my ears and the back of my neck and my arms would just be roasty toasty. And that next day, I wasn't good for much. I really wasn't. I was rubbing aloe vera gel all over me and it just wore me out. God said if we put our trust in Him, we won't get wore out. We won't get fatigued. We won't be smitten by the sun. What happens whenever the moon comes up? A few people in here may be night owls. I'm sure some of you work nights. But when them chickens go in to roost, I'm not far behind them. I try really, really hard not to stay up all night. I've done it before. Don't particularly care for it. Whenever it comes to the moon coming up, it's about time for us to find somewhere to sleep. We get tired. We get fatigued. We get to the point that, that we're no longer at our peak performance. 
God said that he won't allow the things of this world to take away from us our ability to allow him to use our life. God has said he won't allow us to be fatigued for his word if we put our trust in him. If we allow him to be our keeper. If we allow him to lead our life. Verse 7 says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. We're going to take the first part of this verse first. And I want you to look at one word. You already know where I'm going. He says he'll preserve us from all evil. Not just some of it. Not just that which comes from the Democratic Party. Not just that which comes from the Conservative Party. Not just that which comes from our boss. Not just that which comes from the person checking me out at Walmart as being so terribly rude. Not just protecting us from the Muslims. Not just protecting us from the the, the movements that are going on across the country. Not just protecting us from our own selves, who most of the time we're our own worst enemy. He said he'll protect us and preserve us from all evil. Yeah. From all evil. That encompasses more than our brains can comprehend. And then that second part goes beyond what any man or institution on this earth can do. It says, He shall preserve thy soul. If you're here and saved, God is and will forever preserve your soul. Washed under the blood of Jesus. If you're here and unsaved, your soul is bound for hell. It'll be preserved forever in flames of fire unless you accept Christ Jesus as your Savior before you leave this earth. If you're here and saved, like that song we sung this morning, when we all get to heaven, your soul will be preserved eternally in the glory of God. For Jesus himself is the light of that city. There's not a person on earth that can give you that. There was a man in the community several years ago, and I hear stories about it. I never was offered to buy a golden ticket. But from what I hear, he sold tickets to heaven. So you go take out a mortgage on your house and get you a ticket to heaven. It don't work that way. If we had to buy it, then it wouldn't be a whosoever will. Whenever we're saved, God keeps our soul. If you was to lose that golden ticket, then boom, we can't lose our salvation because God is keeping it. Our salvation can't be robbed because God is keeping it. We can't live bad enough for God not to let us into heaven because he is preserving our soul. He is taking care of our future. He is taking care of our eternity. Verse 8 says, The Lord shall preserve thy going in, excuse me, thy going out, and thy coming in. He shall preserve us in our daily life. He will take care of us as we go out, as we come in, as we work. On a daily basis, God will take care of us if we follow in Him. God will look after us. Very few times in my life have I been with the same person each and every day until I got married and then I was stuck with her. It's true. I've seen her so much lately. I mean, it's wonderful. But when I was growing up, I, I, I would go a weekend without seeing my parents because i go stay with somebody else or go stay down at the camp. When I got to college, I didn't see my parents maybe once a month, every other month. But I saw my roommate every day. Since I left college, I, I hadn't seen my roommate but maybe a couple of dozen times. 
Very few times in this world do we see the same people every day. Don't get me wrong, I love seeing your face, but I don't get to see all of you every day. I can't watch over you. Your dad can't protect you every day. Your mom can't protect you every day. A policeman can't follow you around and protect you every day. But my God can. If you're here and saved, your God can. All day, every day, God is omnipotent. We talked about that. He looks after us. He's with us. Verse 8 says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. And then he puts a timeline on it. Whenever you look at especially canned goods that you buy from the store, they have an expiration date. Whenever you sign a contract, most of them have expiration dates. I signed one to teach us it's valid for a year. Everything with the exception of maybe Spam and Vienna Sausage usually lasts about a year. Spam lasts 20. God's love don't have an expiration date. God's promises don't have an expiration date. It's kind of like a Twinkie. It's going to be there. It says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. How long? From this time forth, even forevermore. That don't end. That don't stop. If I get old and forget, God don't. When I pass away and God has made promises to my family, just because I'm gone don't mean that He's not going to fulfill them forevermore. Whenever we're all gone and and God continues to make promises to His church, He's not going to stop fulfilling promises because we're not here. Whenever we go to sleep, God is not going to take a break because we're asleep. From this time, forevermore. Forevermore. That word forever is extremely difficult for us to comprehend because our minds cannot stretch into eternity. Our minds have definite endpoints. We call them set points oftentimes. But whenever you look at a tape measure, it has a start and an end. Even whenever you get up on top of the mountains and you look as far as you can see, you see an end. It may be an end where the mountains meets the sky. When you look out across the Gulf of Mexico, it, it may be where the, where the water and the sky just become one. But you can see an end. And if you look at your globe, you can follow it. But God's promises don't end. You can follow it all you want. You can wait as long as you want. Whenever we get to eternity, you'll understand a little bit better that God's promises don't end. God's ability to take care of us, to preserve us, to keep us never ends. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel in chapter 3. The book of Daniel in chapter 3. I love the book of Daniel. And I struggle with the book of Daniel at the same time. I love the first couple of chapters. It is the most amazing. We used to call them Bible stories, but they're not stories. They're history. They're true happenings. And then the second part of Daniel gets really, really confusing. But the first part of Daniel tells tells about God's love and tells about God's protection. Daniel in chapter 3. We see here where the Hebrew children would not bow whenever the music was played before the king. They refused to give up what they believed in. They refused to forsake their belief system. 
They refused to forsake their God. The king told him, he said, hey, 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 I'm going to give you another chance. I don't want to see nobody burned alive. So, so we're going to try this again. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He said, we're going to try it one more time. We're going to play all these musical instruments. And he said, I'm going to give you one more shot. Bow down. We all know how the story goes. We, we read it as kids. We heard about it in Bible school, but I want to look at their answer. In verse 16 of Daniel in chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. I chuckle when I read that. Golly, the faith these people had. I had never been threatened on this kind of level. But I do believe at this point that they were brought before the king that they could feel the heat from that furnace because it was heated hotter. And at this point, I do believe I would be near about on my knees because my legs would be shaking that much. If you read it in the Bible, it's, it's a scary thing. But there's signs that's all over Washington Parish right now. And they say faith over fear. Very few people in the Bible exemplify this greater than these three young men. Faith over fear. They said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee. Whenever we get to talking to somebody in power and, and somebody of authority, most of the time, with, with the exception of a few of us more ignorant people, we don't talk quite as much. We don't try to say quite as much. We don't indulge with somebody if we know for a fact that they have power over us or that they are way smarter than us. Because we don't want to sound dumb. We don't want to sound ignorant. We don't want to get ourselves in trouble. We don't want to dig ourselves a hole. But here they said, we're not careful to answer you. We're not careful to answer you. What kind of faith is that? That's the faith in the God that was able to keep them. That was faith that God was able to take care of them. And that's the faith that we should strive to have. The word that I like to use oftentimes is that the faith that we should aspire to. And we should try really, really hard to get there one day. Verse 17 says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I see them making a choice right here. Nebuchadnezzar gave them a choice between life or death. They simplified their choice. They said, we're going to serve God regardless of which direction we go. They use the words, if it be so. A lot of times we try to make God's promises fit our life. And I was talking today and, and I made the statement, everybody, everybody's verse they put on their, their football helmets and yearbook quotes. All things work together for good to them that love God. The Bible don't say all things are good. It says that, the, it says that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. 
We may not see the good that comes out of it in our lifetime. Our death may be the good that comes out of it. If that be so, we should be in the shape that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was whenever they said, whatever God's will be. Whatever comes, whatever comes, what may is, is what we say all the time. And they said, if it be so, our God who is able to deliver us will deliver us out of thy hand. But if it be, but if not, be it known that we will not serve thy gods. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew exactly who was keeping them. They knew exactly who was taking care of them. They had surrendered and submitted their whole life to the will of God. We all understand and know exactly where the end of the story went. They threw them into the fire and, and instead of three, there was four people in there. Magically appeared. Wasn't magic. Like the song myself is saying, Jesus showed up right on time. He was there exactly when he needed to be. I often wonder what they talked about. Said they were walking around, loose in the fire. God is able to take care of us through our fiery trials today. God is able to take care of us through whatever the world may throw us at or throw at us. God is able to keep us. God is able to take care of us. But we have to have the attitude of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have to understand that God has the ability to keep us, that he will keep us from oppression, from evil. He will keep us daily. He will keep our soul. And he will keep us forevermore. While we have a verse of a song, give the opportunity for an invitation. You have something on your heart.